Happy 414 day, everybody. We have finally made it. The Brewers are playing in Milwaukee today. 414 first pitch. We're going to recap a big series win from last night. Don't go anywhere. You're locked on Brewers. You are locked on Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What a beautiful Thursday to be alive. It's the Brewers and the Cardinals. What more could you ask for? The home opener is coming up today. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. My name is Dominic Catronio. Thanks so much for tuning in to Lockdown Brewers, your only daily podcast dedicated to the Milwaukee Brewers. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, drop a rating, drop a subscription on our YouTube page, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers as well. I'm the statistician for Valley Sports Wisconsin, and I am so excited to see the place rocking here today at American Family Field. Brewers and Cardinals coming up a little bit later today. Again, a 414 special first pitch on 414 day. So I can't wait to see American Family Field rocking this weekend and today as we get ready for the opening weekend festivities for the Brewers finally playing a home game. And they get another happy flight coming back home. Yesterday with the victory over the Blue J- or over the Baltimore Orioles by a final of 4 to 2 and It was one of those games that you chalk up a win and get out of town as quick as you can. Look, I know there's going to be some frustrations we're going to get into as far as Devin Williams' performance. We're going to talk about what went wrong with the the offense in the middle of this game. But we're also going to talk about plenty of good stuff as well. We're going to recap the game here, talk about Rowdy Telez, what a game he had. Colton Wong coming off of the bench as well. Corbin Burns looked like Cy Young Corbin Burns again. And we're going to uh, look ahead to today's game against the Cardinals. So let's start with the quick recap of things. And this couldn't have uh, started much better for the Brewers. They got on the board in the second inning. A two runs in the frame with two outs, mind you, by the way. Uh, An RBI double by Rowdy Telez that would have been a homer at American Family Field. Straight away center field. It was a blast by Rowdy. Got nothing to show for it. It scored Hero from first base on that. And then he came in to score on a Mike Brasso single up the middle. That made it 2-0 Brewers. After two innings of play, meanwhile, Corbin Burns allowed a first-inning walk, but then really started to find his groove again. He didn't strike out anybody in the first inning, but got three ground outs, and then clicked it in the gear. One, two, three, second inning with a pair of strikeouts. He got two more strikeouts in the third, another one, two, three, fourth inning, and then after allowing a leadoff double in the fifth inning, he strike out the next three batters. And that's seven, eight, nine in the order. He did his job today. In fact, in total, Corbin went seven innings today, Got a huge double play to end his day from Hunter Renfro. Seven innings, only three hits allowed, no runs, one walk. And that one walk was in the first inning, mind you, and eight strikeouts today. Unfortunately, he gets a no decision for this one. But talking about Corbin specifically, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But he was very pleased of how things were for him after the game. And also talking about the fact that there is still room for improvement, which that's exactly what you want to hear from your Cy Young winner. But as far as the offense goes... Burns was doing his job on the pitching side of things. The offense at one point was retired 14 batters in a row. That was from the last out of the second inning of Victor Caratini at the bottom of the order. Then the Brewers went 1-2-3 for four consecutive innings. And then the first out of the seventh inning by Hunter Renfro, all before a Keston Hira broken bat blooper single broke the schneid at 14 consecutive batters retired. However, in their defense, they faced three different pitchers in this span. The starter, John Means, only went four innings after the Orioles called it 
forearm tightness in his left arm, which is never a good sign. He missed time with injury last season as well. So he was lifted after he was rolling through four innings. Then they go to Joey Creeble, who pitched in the uh, in the Tuesday game. He gets a 1-2-3 inning with three ground outs. Then they go to Felix Bautista, the hard-throwing rookie where there's no tape on him. He pitched very well as well. And then finally, also had Dylan Tate, I should say, uh, came in before Bautista. And Bautista got a strikeout and a double play. Dylan Tate worked two scoreless innings. Orioles' bullpen held up strong, and they, they look decent enough for a team that's not going to win more than 70 games, most likely. The the bullpen did its job for the Orioles, so they, they did well enough. And likewise, on the other side, the Brewers' offense, you'd expect to do a little bit better than that, but just wasn't their day offensively until the ninth inning. And remember, this ninth inning, it was all tied up at two because we'll get into Devin Williams a little bit later. Some deep counts again, but Devin Williams again had the bases loaded against him. They allowed two runs to score this time. Uh, Brad Boxberger did put out the flames after the game was tied, so 2-2 two to two heading to the ninth inning. Christian Yelich led off the inning, hit a fly ball down a left field line, and a great play out there in left field by, uh, it was by the uh, left fielder Austin Hayes, a sliding catch onto the warning track to Rob. Maybe he wasn't sure if it was going to be fair or foul, probably foul, but given Yelich another pl- uh, plate appearance against Jorge Lopez. But then the rally began. A Hunter Renfro single with a 2-2 two and two count on him. Then a great A-B by Colton Wong, a broken bat flare down the right field line, but hey, it's a line drive in the box score. A triple to right field that scored the go-ahead run for the Brewers, 3-2. to two. Tyrone Taylor struck out, then Rowdy Telez again. Another double in the gap, this time to right center field. An RBI made it 4-2, to two, some insurance for the Brewers, and Josh Hader back in his home state slams the door in the bottom of the ninth. Brewers win by a final of 4-2. to two. Where should we start with this? I want to start with Rowdy Telez. Rowdy continues to be the guy that needs to get every day at bats. You know, we talk about this team is very heavy in platoons, and we learned something really important in in yesterday's game, that he gets the start against a left-handed starter. So, of course, Rowdy being left-handed, being the better defensive first baseman, getting the start against the lefty. And the age-old adage is, if you're going to play every day in the big leagues, you have to do two things well, especially as a left-handed hitter. Number one, you have to play defense well. Number two, you have to hit lefties. And he played defense well enough today. Didn't really have much action to him. But the big thing was hit lefties. And that double he hit back in the second inning off John Means, off of a lefty, got things going for him and got the Brewers on the board in the first inning. Look, it was all about the second half of the order today. You may see a promotion for Rowdy Telez, regardless if it's righty or lefty in the order coming up here in the season. Because he gets two, he goes two for four today with two doubles, two runs batted in, a run scored as well for him. He ran through a stop sign, mind you, on his uh, base hit on the base hit from Brasso. Turned on the Jets a little bit. Jason Lane with a late stop sign, but Rowdy said, "Too late. I'm going by you, man. I'm going to go in and score." Uh, but Rowdy had a great game. Here's a stat that blew my mind: uh, Rowdy Telez, since joining the team in the trade on July 6, 2021, so that was the day that the trade went down for Rowdy to join the team. Rowdy with runners in scoring position, including last night's game, he is now hitting. 311 with runners in scoring position as a Brewer since he arrived with a 407 on base and a 667 slugging. He's got four doubles, one of them yesterday, four homers, over a thousand OPS, and 26 runs batted in. And 26 runs batted in since his arrival with runners in scoring position is the most on the team. Look, I know it's hard to say because he hasn't played a full season. He played a lot of platoon last year. 
Rowdy Telez is showing why he should be the everyday first baseman, regardless if it's righty or lefty. Rowdy's doing that. He was a pick to click for a lot of folks in the media. See what he can do if he gets an everyday opportunity. Well, he's getting it and he's running away with it. Super happy for Rowdy for what he's got going on. Look, he had to look over his shoulder his whole career in Toronto with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming up. And look, Vlad hits three homers yesterday at Yankee Stadium. He knew that his job was going to be gone as soon as Vlad arrived. So the fact that this trade worked out for both teams, that the Brewers get you know, Rowdy Telez to play first base and also hit two bombs in the postseason last year. Don't forget about that, including one off of Charlie Morton. This dude is going to be a key, por- a key portion of this offense. If Christian Yelich is only hitting for doubles, you need that legitimate power threat. And to have it to go alternate, if you're going Yelich 3, Renfro 4, and Telez 5, it makes everybody else better because you can't just bring in that situational lefty and say, like, all right, we're going to get rowdy with a situational lefty. Not necessarily if he's going to continue to hit lefties well. So a really, really good performance from Rowdy Telez, clutch hitting from him. Rowdy Telez is good, y'all. I can't wait to see if he can play a full season for the Brewers this year. We're going to get into Corbin Burns to start here in just a second, looking like Cy Young Burns again. But we're going to tell you about BetOnline.net first. Look, BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. It's like a baseball reference for sports betting. You can see everything you need, lines, props, odds, Everything is there. You got developments, you got league reviews, you got news. Of course, basketball playoffs are underway with the play-ins happening right now, and Major League Baseball odds are up there as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. And you can head to their website today. Again, that's betonline.net to use your mo- and you can use your mobile device to get there too. And you can get in on the action, learn all about the trends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Corbin Burns, seven innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. That one walk was in the first inning, mind you. He really locked it in. Big stat from this one. 20 swings and misses. In his first start against the Cubs, he only had three swings and misses. He gets 20 swings and misses, 11 of them on the cutter, seven on the curveball, one change and one fastball. Furthermore, he had eight strikeouts, and he did that with... Four, with uh, four cutters, or let me get the actual number here. He did that with uh, four cutters, three curveballs, and one two-seam fastball. Look, I, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's the Orioles. That's what he's supposed to do. Not necessarily, man. That's still a big league team on the other side. And also coming off of a real clunker against the Cubs. And yes, it was encouraging to see. And I don't want you to assume, oh, it's the Orioles. That's what he's supposed to do. Don't discredit the fact that he went seven shutout innings against the Orioles. Look, this team, they knew the scouting report was to stay patient, but give kudos to Corbin Burns for making the adjustment. After that walk in the first inning, he rarely got into a three-ball count. In fact, he only got into two more three-ball counts, excuse me, three more three-ball counts for the rest of the game. So he gets into a three-ball count in the first inning, then he doesn't have another one until the fourth inning, and then his next one's in the fifth, and his last one's in the sixth. All right, four total three ball counts and only one walk he was efficient he was attacking the zone he got over 90 pitches and he worked seven innings it was great and he got a huge double play to end the day certainly a lot of folks were worried when he hit Rugnet Odor with a 1-1 pitch on the back foot thinking oh man bullpens up are they going to try to you know squeeze a seventh inning out of him but thank goodness for Rugnet Odor being a bad base runner on the great play by Hunter Renfro soft liner to right field off the bat of Austin Hayes and for some reason, Odor thought he had to be halfway between first and second, and 
Renfro with his cannon of an arm throws him out at first base. Appreciate that gift. It allowed Corbin to get through seven innings. He was He's always been a perfectionist. We know that. And he was talking about it after the game, just saying the fact that there are still some things that I see that I can improve on. It's his second start of the year, and he's already looking of ways to get improvement, going seven shutout with eight strikeouts and only three hits allowed. Just mind you, it was his fifth start of his career, or at least fifth start since the start of 2021, in which he went at least seven innings, no runs, and eight strikeouts. Only Zach Wheeler has more such starts in baseball. He just has one more with six. So that was pretty uh, fun to watch for Corbin Burns get back on track. Maybe it sets the stage for today for Brandon Woodruff to get back on track against the Cardinals later this afternoon. One of the big things I'm going to take away from Corbin Burns' start today as well is the fact that he was also pitching to a new catcher in Victor Caratini. It was his first time working with Caratini. Now, there's some things to be said about the way Caratini sets his targets, and there's there's ways to fill things out. But the other thing that they both used the pitch com in this game, they used it for the whole game, and it seemed like it went off without a hitch. And you could visibly notice Corbin taking just a half second longer between pitches. This is something that we talked about over the opening weekend when he used pitch com on Thursday against the Cubs. The fact is, he admitted he was moving too fast. He was loving getting the signal already when he was walking back to the mound and already knowing what he was going to throw. You could tell there was a proper pace to what he wanted to do. There was conviction. And even though Caratini was catching him for the first time in a live game, it really worked out. And eight strikeouts, he laid down the right fingers. At one point, or twice, he struck out three batters in a row. There really wasn't much loud contact off of him at all. It was a great game for Corbin Burns and something he can certainly build on for the rest of the season. Let's talk about, though, on the downside of the pitching, what happened with Devin Williams? And there are concerns that his velo was down from this game. Back-to-back, first back-to-back of the year, mind you. And furthermore, he pitched on Sunday, his first game action, which was his first game action a little less than a week. So he pitches on Sunday, gets the off day Monday, then pitches back-to-back. So he's pitched in three of his last four games. So keep that in mind. Still building up. Just like starters have to build up, relievers have to build up as well in this short spring training. Haters' velo was down as well, just by a tick or two. Nothing alarming. What was really alarming, though, was Devin Williams' changeup was flat. And maybe this is the sign of fatigue from him that we will see moving forward. I don't know there's been a lot of starts for Devin Williams, or a lot of appearances, I should say, from Devin Williams in which he tends to lose his arm slot, tends to lose the zone. This was one of those. But furthermore, what was more alarming about this with the fatigue, if it is fatigue, was that his changeup was completely flat. He wasn't getting the sink. He wasn't getting the run like he's used to. He wasn't getting swings and misses on it either. It just wasn't his day. And he also, you really go go back to a nine-pitch AB with uh, with Anthony Benboom, the nine-hole hitter. It was the fourth walk to the nine-hole hitter in this series. And two of those four walks to the nine-hole hitters ended up scoring in this series. As Benboom, he was ran for by Ryan McKenna and later came in to score on the sack fly by Trey Mancini to tie the game in the eighth inning. Then you look ahead to Anthony Santander. That was the last batter that Williams faced. He worked a nine-pitch at-bat as well against Williams. That is not like Devin. He normally is quick disposal with the changeup. That just shows you, for one, they were sitting on the changeup, and two, it wasn't as effective as he was expecting in order to get that key swing and miss like he was hoping for. He actually threw more fastballs in this game than he did changeups, which is really rare for him. He just really was fighting it with the command, but let's take a deep breath. You're allowed to have an off night. 
You really are. Nobody is perfect in this game. Batters go one out of three, and you're having a heck of a week. Whereas pitchers, you're going to have one clunker maybe every 10 days or so. This was the clunker for Devin Williams. He was nails on Sunday against the Cubs. He pushed himself into a corner and then got out of that corner on Tuesday against the Orioles. And here he couldn't get himself out of that corner. He'll probably be down for a couple of days as uh, uh, Craig Council mentioned that in the postgame as well. But let's talk about another thing too with the way that you use this bullpen these last two games against the Orioles and even the finale against the Cubs. You're probably not going to see the A bullpen today here in the home opener which leads to the point that you need depth from Brandon Woodruff today. You need another seven innings out of him. And second of all, who would get the ball in the ninth inning today if it comes to a save situation? Because you know you're not going to go to Hader for three in a row. You know you're not going to go to Williams for three in a row. And you're probably not going to go to Boxberger after three in a row. He didn't throw many pitches, though. But it still would be three in a row for Boxberger. Do you go to Jake Cousins? Do you go to Brent Suter? Do you go to Trevor Gott? These are questions that will be answered today because of the usage You had to use your A bullpen in three of the last four games here for the Brewers. We'll see what they do in the home opener today. I am not concerned one bit, though, about Devin Williams. I still believe he is a top 100 player in the game. He had a clunker yesterday. It happens. And you see see what happens when the changeup is on, when he made the adjustment on Tuesday. He wasn't able to make the adjustment on Wednesday. Maybe it had to do with fatigue. Maybe it had to do with the fact that seeing him in back-to-back days, the Orioles understood what to be ready for. They were sitting on the changeup. They weren't really being fooled by the changeup, but equally, it was not as effective as a pitch as it normally is for Devin Williams. So once again, I am not concerned in the slightest of Devin Williams. But let's talk about the clutch hitting in the ninth inning. Before we do that, we'll take a quick breather. Colton Wong started this game on the bench. We talked about this in yesterday's podcast. Probably Colton Wong getting a day off in yesterday's game, which we predicted, final day of the road trip. Not to mention he was facing a lefty on the mound. Just give him the day. It was the first game that he didn't start this season. And Colton, thinking he's not going to get in the game, and then has to come in as a defensive replacement in the bottom of the eighth inning. And now he comes in as a defensive replacement with the eight spot due up in the top half of the eighth inning. So he's thinking, all right, I'm probably not going to get an A-B until the ninth. I'm probably not going to be a big factor in this game. Well, he doesn't have to make any plays defensively, really, in the eighth inning. But then all of a sudden, the game is tied 2-2 two to two as we head to the ninth inning. And then, the inning again, Yelich is robbed down the left field line, one out. Then a single by Renfro, and then Colton Wong comes up for his first official at-bat of the game. What a great A-B again from him. He lays off some tough pitches from Jorge, uh, from Jorge Lopez. How about the fact that Jorge Lopez is, tri- is hitting triple digits now, by the way? I mean, I was just as shocked as as Rock was on the telecast yesterday. That was amazing that the fact that he's hitting 97-98 with sync. He even touched 100 on that fastball to uh, Hunter Renfro for his single. I don't know where this came from, but good for him. Uh, As far as then Colton Wong, a broken bat, but nonetheless, that bat died a hero. A broken bat flared down the right field line, had some funky spins, spun away from Santander, And kudos to Hunter Renfro. He made a great read off this bat, realized that ball was going to be down, and he had to give every opportunity for Jason Lane to send him. And he did. And it wasn't really even close. He beat it by three, four steps. Meanwhile, Colton Wong gets the third, gives a signal back to the dugout. Everybody's fired up. Everybody's happy. And you could see the weight lifted off of Colton Wong. Look, he's a guy that plays with his, his heart on his sleeve. We know that. We love that about him. The other thing, too, is the fact is, He's going to be a huge part of this offense, and I know I've said that about a few guys now, but 
He's supposed to be the table setter, the leadoff man, the guy that works great ABs, can get you some sneaky pop, can get you 15 to 20 home runs out of the leadoff spot, which is more than you would ever ask for out of the leadoff guy. The fact is that he's got off to a slow start. He was 3 for 20 coming into the game today. So the fact that he gets that triple to get things going for him, certainly, certainly encouraging to see. And maybe there'll be a little added juice facing his former team this weekend, of course. Adam Wainwright on the mound today. Yadier Molina behind the plate. Albert Pujols in the DH spot. Maybe there'll be a little more juice for him this weekend. you got to see that dad strength come out for him. We're waiting for that dad strength to come out for, for Cash Kaha, his son, born last year. Full-on cheeser, by the way, as in his own words. So uh, looking for Colton Wong to maybe take this momentum one step at a time and see what it can bloom into for him in the rest of April. Other notes from this game, well, first of all, there really wasn't that much happening. How about the fact that Andrew McCutcheon just continues to swing at the first pitch? I love the fact that he is so aggressive. He has swung at the first pitch in about 60% of his AB so far this season. Uh, so if you're at the game t- today and Watching Andrew McCutcheon, make sure you're in your seat for that first pitch because he might be swinging at it, all right? So just keep that in mind here moving forward for him. Total line scores in this one. Milwaukee had four runs on seven hits, no errors. They left six runners on base. They went two for five with runners in scoring position. As for the Orioles, they went two runs on five hits, no errors. They had seven runners left on base, and they went one for eight with runners in scoring position. Winning pitcher is Brad Boxberger. The losing pitcher is Jorge Lopez. And the save, the third time already this year, goes to Josh Hader. Okay, 4-1-4 day. Here we are. It's opening day. Hallelujah at home at American Family Field. And again, like we said at the top of the show, what more could you ask for? Cardinals and Brewers are at a home opener. Adam Wainwright against Brandon Woodruff. Their best against your best. This is going to be great. Now I know Corbin Burns too, but you know what I mean. The fact is you get the best of both worlds too for Brewers fans. Corbin Burns starts opening day overall. And Brandon Woodruff gets the start at the home opener. And Corbin Burns is coming off of a great start, a quality start, in which he got a no decision against the Orioles. So really looking forward to it. As far as what the Cardinals have done, they got rained out uh, yesterday, by the way. So they are coming in very, very fresh right now. But they're off to a solid start. The offense has actually been relatively impressive. We knew that was coming for St. Louis. They're off to a 3-1 and start. Nolan Arenado was the player of the week last week uh, for uh, the National League. Uh, It's been impressive to watch him. He's got three home runs so far in this opening week of play. He's also got nine runs batted in. Albert Pujols hit a home run on Tuesday as well. Uh, He is back in the DH spot. Uh, Look, they're going to be able to hit it. We know St. Louis is going to be a good team. And the question for them is always going to be, will they be able to pitch enough? They've got a lot of injuries. Adam Wainwright is probably at the end of his career. We know that it's the end for Yachty, and it's at the end for... Uh, Albert Pujols as well. But look, Adam Wainwright has played a long time. He knows how to be crafty. He knows exactly how to get a lot of different type of guys out. He has made a long career facing these Milwaukee Brewers, as today will be his 50th career game against the Brewers. That's the second most against any single opponent for him in his career. And by the way, his numbers, just about as good as you'd expect. He is 20-12 and 12 in those 49 games, a 2.60 ERA. He has thrown 287 career innings against the Brewers. He has struck out 249 batters, and he has allowed 22 homers in those 287 innings. A whip of sub-1-1, 1.084. Pretty darn good. Look, he's a 
borderline, borderline debatable Hall of Famer. We'll see if enough black ink gets in there for him. Look, at the top, at the height of his powers, he was a darn good player. It's shocking to see that he's only a three-time All-Star and he never won a Cy Young. He was top three in Cy Young voting four out of five years uh, in, in a great stretch there. In fact, last year he was seventh in Cy Young voting, and he's off to a good start this year. Six shutout innings against the Pirates during opening week. So the 40-year-old, the ageless wonder, will get the ball for the Cardinals, and he'll be going up against Big Woo, Brandon Woodruff, 29 years old, from Mississippi, making his second start, trying to recover after a really, really tough go of things against the Cubs. I can't wait. Thanks so much to everybody who's listened. Vinny will be back on tomorrow's episode, by the way, as we recap the uh, home opener and get our full reaction from that. A quick programming note as well uh, for the television, if you're watching, uh, it's a full one-hour pregame show at 3 o'clock Central Time, 4.14 first pitch. We'll have the full introductions and everything like that going on pregame. And Brian Anderson will be back on the call. He's got these first two games of uh, the Brewers' home schedule. And then Jeff Levering will take over on Saturday and Sunday. And I will be up there in the TV booth as well, giving all the great nuggets as well for the TV crew. So if you can't make it to the game, if you're not having a tailgate, if you're not having a bratwurst, if you're not hanging out, having all the brand new concessions that are put out there, there's some great stuff out there, by the way. Go ahead and enjoy, sit back and relax and catch us on Bally Sports Wisconsin or with Bob Euchre next door as well on WTMJ. But that'll do it for us. Baseball is here, back in Milwaukee. Finally, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Cardinals and Brewer is coming up at 414 today. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. My name is Dominic Catronio. Back tomorrow with full reaction. Until then, keep on swinging. You are locked on Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.